My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, What recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Back in 2005, a man named Jamil McGee was living in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And according to him, he was simply minding his business when police officer Andrew Collins accused him and then arrested him for dealing drugs. McGee, who claimed, as many accused men do, that it was all made up, eventually was sentenced to prison, losing everything that mattered in, to, in his life to him as he was incarcerated for over four years. And throughout that time, he was fixated on, on getting out one day and getting some sort of revenge on the cop who locked him up, saying, my only goal was to seek him when I got home and to hurt him. It turns out Officer Collins was a crooked cop. After an internal investigation, the department discovered that he had indeed falsified reports, even planted evidence in some cases, including McGee's. So Collins lost his job, eventually was sent to jail for a year and a half. Horrible story. In this day and age where there are so many good police officers who are tainted by the actions of a few, where there's so much division and tension among different groups of people and races. This seems perfectly suited just to throw a a door flame log onto an already raging fire of anger and distrust, even hatred. When we think about all the injustices that we see in the world, when we think of all the wrongs that we've experienced in our own lives, 
Today's gospel seems completely unreasonable to us. We might want to go so far as to say, Jesus, we like the whole turning water into wine thing. Really great idea. Those healing stories, those are awesome. Those are great. We can certainly get on board with that. But this, let someone who strikes me on the right cheek smack me again. Give someone who's taken my tunic, my cloak as well. Love our enemies. It's obvious Jesus is not Italian. It's too much. It seems so unreasonable, so unfair. At the very minimum, we demand justice. All of a sudden, we become Old Testament scholars. What was wrong with an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? Or that, that bit about loving our neighbors and hating our enemies. We can get on board with that. But Jesus is pretty definitive about this. He's not so interested in the fact that we as human beings can become attached to things that can be broken or stolen, but can be replaced. He's not interested in our vision, our very limited vision of people's hearts and motives that cannot begin to comprehend the complexity of even our worst of enemies' motives. He knows that as his father's most prized possession, you and I and every human being are God's most prized, precious creation. How bruised, how wounded we are through the evil done by others, and that our anger and our thirst, not simply for justice, but for retribution, can easily turn a, a loving heart into something quite different. That's what it's meant when we say, Jesus has come to save us. He comes to save us from sin and from death. He's come to save us from the evil that's done to us. He's come to save us from the evil that we can become as well. Because the reality is that potential is all too real for each and every one of us. The hurts and pains that we've endured at the hands of others, the anger over the lack of justice, whether it's on some global scale or things that are happening right in our own lives, which could all be legitimate things to be angry about. All of that can change us. And when we give in to those feelings, we become what we hate. We allow the thing that's, that hurt us and inflicted pain on us to be the thing that we go to as the source of justice. The devil can be clever sometimes. It's important to realize that Jesus isn't simply spouting off trite sayings for us to follow when we're faced with a, a trial or a struggle. He's giving us a preview of how he himself is going to deal with it, how he will endure beatings, how his clothes will be stripped of him and gambled away as he lays dying on the cross. And in that most precious of moments as he's dying, he will pray, Father, forgive them. In this, Jesus shows that there was nothing, nothing that the darkest, evilest of hearts could perpetrate on him that he could not endure. And knowing that by withholding even the slightest of remarks, resisting staging even the meekest of defenses in an arena of such cruelty and injustice, that thousands and thousands of years later would still confound and move, hopefully, us followers. We still marvel at that strength displayed in such seeming weakness. We're at a loss to comprehend the, the most bloodless response ever mounted to such an attack. 
And we cannot deny how it unveiled the greatest of victories that's ever taken place or ever will take place in human history, with Jesus being risen from the dead, destroying death forever. This doesn't mean that we have to be punching bags to the abuse of others, allowing the abusive husband or wife to continue unabated as we turn the other cheek, or pointing to a robber who's ransacking our homes, don't forget the laptop in my office. All that would be simply enabling our already disturbed brothers and sisters who are doing these terrible things to continue unchecked, unapologetic, and further endangering their souls, protecting ourselves and our loved ones, and loving the other to call light to the ways of darkness that they've embraced. That's not violating what Jesus is saying here. At the core, though, Jesus is sensitive to the fact that our longing for justice can easily blind us into rage and to anger, which makes all these bad situations worse, where justice dwarfs simply into revenge, which brings that horrible story of the innocent man sent to jail by a crooked cop back to mind. It would be hard for us not to argue that McGee, the guy who lost four years of his life, deserves at the very least a few minutes alone with Collins, the man who set him up. It was something that McGee had wanted those four years of hell as he sat in that prison cell to simply have an opportunity to get home and to hurt him. Even reading the story, my initial reaction was, wait, the innocent guy served four years for something he didn't do, and the crooked cop only got a year and a half. Doesn't he deserve at least the same length of time as the guy he set up? So even I struggle with what Jesus is asking us to do. By sheer coincidence, or rather divine providence, the two men found themselves face to face, or rather working side by side at a coffee house blocks away from where their lives first intersected. They had both gotten employed by the Mosaic Coffee House, and as CBS News reported in these close quarters, they had no choice but to have it out. Collins just went to McGee and said, honestly, I have no explanation. All I can do is say, I'm sorry. And McGee said, that's pretty much all I needed to hear. And the story goes on to say that as time went on, they're not only cordial, they've become friends. Such close friends that not long ago, McGee actually told Officer Collins that he loved him. To which Collins said, I just started weeping because he doesn't owe me that and I don't deserve that. But that's the power of sincere, genuine love. That's the power of forgiveness and what it's able to unleash. Jesus knows all too well how hard this can be for us to even consider possible. And we have to remember that the whole McGee Collins thing, that was an evolution of over 11 years. But McGee shared that at the core, it was his Christian faith that made this possible. Adding that eventually he realized he didn't forgive or love Collins for his own sake or for even Collins' sake, but for our sake, for all of mankind. What Jamil McGee illustrates is that all of this is possible for you and for me. It is possible 
to stop returning hate for hate. It is possible not to let feelings of hurt and anger to continue a, a slow burn within. It is possible to experience reconciliation with that loved one or that coworker or that neighbor or that friend who we've completely written off. It is possible not to continue a Facebook or Twitter war over whatever political or social debates trending today. All of this is possible if we're in relationship with Jesus Christ. If we know and we feel and we experience the loving embrace of Christ, then we can recognize how he's the only thing that ultimately matters. Because then we don't have room in our hearts for anger because we've allowed Jesus to abide there. And with that intimacy, we'll authentically and sincerely find that true peace, that lasting joy, that ability to forgive, and yes, the ability to even love our enemies.